0: Turning now to our major story of the day and the major story of the week in the United States and around the world, Syria. Joining me now, Secretary General of the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, NATO, Secretary General Anders Fo Rasmussen. Mr. Secretary, thank you for joining us.
1: You're welcome. Thank you.
0: We're very happy to have you. Um, All over the news this morning, of course, the interview by Charlie Rose of Syrian President Bashar al-Assad. The first thing I want to ask you about is evidence of chemical attacks in Syria. You have been clear that you believe the evidence is strong. The president of Syria made statements this morning contradicting that, and I want you to listen if you would. The question remains, what can you say to the president who believes chemical weapons were used and were used by your government Mm -hmm. that this will not happen again? I would tell that him very simply, present what you have as evidence to the, to the public. Be transparent. When and you, if he does, if the, he presents that evidence... This is where you can discuss the evidence, but he doesn't have. He didn't present it because he doesn't have. Kerry doesn't have. No one in your administration have. If they had it, they would have presented it to you no, as media for the, for they from have, the first they, day. They have presented it to the Congress Nothing. They Nothing have shown was the Congress what they have and the evidence they have from satellites, intercepted messages, and the like. Nothing presented. And Nothing has been presented so far. They have presented it to Congress, sir. You're a your, uh, reporter. Get, get the, uh, this uh, uh, evidence well, and show it to the, to the public in your country. Mr. Secretary, a simple case of denial from the Syrian president there. What do you make of that statement? You have seen the most classified of briefings, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, but that statement from the Syrian president doesn't surprise me. I think there's a lot of public uh, evidence. Uh, The attacks were launched from areas controlled by uh, the government into areas controlled by uh, the opposition. It doesn't make sense for the opposition to attack their own people with chemical weapons in areas they already uh, control. Uh, And uh, the opposition doesn't have the capacity uh, to conduct such uh, an attack in in, in that scope and and scale. Um, Obviously, we don't comment on intelligence reports uh, in detail. But based on the information I have received, I am of the firm conviction that the Syrian regime is responsible. And I'm not alone in that. You have seen clear declarations from the League of Arab States, from the European Union... Uh, that nations uh, uh, hold uh, the Syrian regime responsible for those horrendous attacks.
0: So, B- Bashar Assad is lying in his response?
1: Yeah, well, uh, I-, I think it's evident uh, that uh, the Syrian regime is responsible. There,
0: you have also said that given uh, the fact that the Syrian regime is responsible, that a response should be strong. That response, military response, is not going to come from NATO. We know that. The United Kingdom is not on board. So other NATO allies are. Uh, what does it mean in this case to have a U.S.-led response or an informal coalition not under the auspices of NATO? That, that feels to Americans a lot like Iraq.
1: Yeah, but first of all, let me stress that NATO already plays its part. Uh, We have deployed Patriot missiles uh, to Turkey uh, to ensure effective defense and protection uh, of uh, Turkey. Uh, NATO is a forum for consultation among uh, allies, and obviously we keep uh, the situation uh, in uh, Syria uh, under close uh, review. And no doubt uh, there is a strong political support for the U.S. position within our alliance. Turkey
0: is a new NATO
1: ally, as you mentioned, Mr. Secretary, Uh, Patriot missiles in
0: Turkey. Uh, How closely are you watching? One, One of the potential consequences of a strike is a spillover into Turkey, and that would certainly be a big NATO issue.
1: Of course, uh, an attack on Turkey would be a game changer because, as you know, uh, the principle uh, in NATO is that an attack on one ally is considered an attack uh, on all. And should that happen, of course, uh, nations uh, within NATO would consult on how to uh, respond.
0: NATO Secretary General Anders Foe Rasmussen. Mr. Secretary, we're going to come back to you in just a couple of minutes, if you'll stay with us. We've talked about a military response in Syria. I also want to talk about the possibility of humanitarian responses and the refugee crisis that is mounting in Jordan and Turkey and other countries in the region. So stay with us, if you would. Welcome back to the show. Taz Willick. with you, still with NATO Secretary General Anders Foe Rasmussen. Mr. Secretary, Hello. Hello. One more question before we move on to humanitarian issues. We talked about Turkey, the NATO ally. You, of course, stated NATO policy, which is an attack on Turkey would be an attack on the alliance. What is your level of concern, however, that a lot of lawmakers are raising in this country that an attack on Syria could potentially lead to an escalation that could draw in countries like Turkey? Is that a high level of concern for you?
1: Of course, the risk of a spillover uh, is a matter of uh, concern, but it's also a matter of concern uh, that if uh, the horrendous chemical uh, attacks uh, remain unanswered, uh, it might send a very dangerous signal Uh, to not only the regime in Damascus but to dictators all over the world uh, that chemical weapons as well as other weapons of mass destruction uh, can be used uh, without uh, any uh, consequence. That would lead to a risk of proliferation of weapons uh, of uh, mass destruction. And that's also a matter of concern. And this is the reason why I think the international community has a clear responsibility to uphold and enforce the international ban uh, against the use of chemical weapons.
0: And yet that response, again, appears like it won't come from the NATO alliance. That's clear, largely because of the, the the reticence of the parliament and many people in the United Kingdom. There's more to this, of course, Mr. Secretary, than just a military response to chemical weapons. There is a humani- growing humanitarian crisis uh, as a result of this civil war and the recent attacks. Millions of Syrians pouring into Jordan, putting stress on the political system in that country, and refugees pouring into Turkey as well and surrounding countries what is the nato role here the united nations is involved in the refugee crisis is there space for a nato response to humanitarian crisis here that could as well destabilize the region as well in in while weapons could as well the
1: humanitarian situation is, of course, uh, a matter of uh, concern. Uh, We have seen uh, uh, flows of refugees uh, and, of course, uh, more than 100,000 people uh, killed. Um, So it is a matter of uh, concern. Um, I don't foresee a a further uh, NATO role, but, of course, as I said, Uh, We keep the situation under uh, close review. I won't prejudge uh, the outcome of consultations uh, among uh, allies, but obviously uh, the humanitarian situation is a matter of uh, grave concern. Uh, uh,
0: Secondarily to all of this, Mr. Secretary General, there are questions in this country about the quality of the alliance. Of course, friends often disagree. We all get that truism but with so much major attention on enforcing the Chemical Weapons Treaty, the Chemical Weapons Ban, with the United Kingdom unwilling to help in a military response, what does that say about the quality of the NATO alliance on the heels of Iraq where there was no NATO response for similar reasons because some countries did not want to join the United States?
1: Let me stress that if individual allies were to respond militarily, I would envisage uh, a short, measured tailored, targeted operation. And for that, you don't need uh, the NATO uh, command and uh, control uh, structure. Um, No doubt uh, that within our alliance, there is a strong political support uh, for uh, the US uh, position.
0: What more can be done uh, beyond the military response, which you say does not need NATO uh, do you see more room for diplomatic response? Is there any more room for sanctions or more room for diplomatic pressure or non-violent pressure on Syria at this point?
1: Let me stress that I think we should distinguish clearly between uh, the concrete uh, chemical weapons attack uh, in Syria and the long-term uh, solution. It's my firm belief that as regards the chemical weapons attack, we need a firm international response. And in my opinion, it should be a tailored, targeted, short military uh, response. But as regards the long-term conflict, there is no military solution. I do believe that a long-term sustainable solution would take a political settlement. In that respect, I uh, welcome the uh, Joint American-Russian Initiative to organize a new international conference that could hopefully pave the way uh, for a long-term sustainable political solution. And I urge both the opposition and the government in Syria to attend that conference.
0: My last question for you, Secretary General Anders Foe Rasmussen, your message to the American people, the American people are struggling to come to terms with what their role in the world is here without a NATO response or a U.N. response should the United States be enforcing a, a chemical weapons attack in another country. What's your message to Americans?
1: My message is that you are not alone. Uh, within our alliance, there is a strong political support uh, for the U.S. uh, position. I understand very well that in free and open societies, in democracies, uh, there are a lot of debates. There might be differences. Uh, It's not easy for democracies to initiate international military operations, and it should be difficult. It should be the last resort. But also, it is my firm belief Uh, that the international community has a responsibility to uphold and enforce the international ban uh, against the use of chemical weapons, and not to act would also be to act. Not to act would send a dangerous signal to dictators all over the world that they can use weapons of mass destruction without consequences.
0: NATO Secretary General Anders Faux Rasmussen. Mr. Secretary, thank you for your time. You're welcome. We want to continue to hear from you on this issue. It is the discussion of the week, of course, on everybody's mind. Should the United States respond in Syria and respond militarily to the use of chemical weapons? Your discussion continues at 8778-MY-TAKE. You can always tweet us at The Takeaway. So we're headed toward the fifth anniversary this weekend of the global financial meltdown, five years after the collapse of Lehman Brothers. We've asked you, what lessons, if any, have we learned from this crisis? Here are some of your comments from Facebook. George Tucker says his big takeaway is that the middle class is expendable. Bankers don't go to jail, says Don Lasilla. Politicians take care of their own, get rich, the rich get richer, the poor get screwed. Squire Maldoon kind of agrees, I think the bankers learned that governments are a walkover. This will happen again in 20 years or so. Not a lot of love either for the banks from Michael Aaron Hoffman, who probably doesn't want to read today's New York Times article that explains why various criminal cases against Lehman Brothers were dropped. Michael says bankers can lie and cheat and steal and get away with it scot-free. What a joke our system our system of enforcement has become. And lessons two for a gullible public, says Joseph Ferreira. Banks and bankers still get away with preferential government treatment. Individuals are, are still ignorant when it comes to understanding financial obligations. We want to hear from you on this issue five years after Wall Street. 8778 eight, my take. Coming up, why Wall Street isn't capitalizing on its female capital five years after the Lehman collapse. That story's next.